Did you know Granny McDuff now has a Patreon? You can get all episodes ad-free. Games, puzzles, calendars, and more. You can even get discounts off Granny merch. Sign up now on Patreon. Go to GrannyMcDuffENT.com for more information. Good evening, children. It's Granny McDuff, ready with a story. So make yourselves comfy, and I'll begin. Once upon a time, far out in the middle of the ocean, where the water is as blue and clear as anything ever could be, there is a place where the ocean is the deepest. No anchor rope is long enough to touch the bottom. It would take tower upon tower to reach the ocean floor. And it is down there where the sea people live. Now, do not assume that this place is just a bed of white sand, for it has the most marvellous trees and flowers growing everywhere. And the fish dart around and in between, just as birds hop from branch to branch on dry land. And in the spot where the ground is deepest is where the Sea King's palace stands, with walls made of coral, windows made of amber and a roof made of shells it is quite a sight to see even more incredible the shells open and close with the tide revealing the most beautiful pearls that any queen would be proud to have on her crown the sea king had been widowed some years before and it was his mother who now helped run the royal household. She took pride in her noble birth and was one of the cleverest ladies in all the sea. The king's mother wore twelve pearls on her tail, while all of the other ladies of the court were only permitted to wear five. Aside from this, the king's mother was a kind and generous person. And when it came to her granddaughters, she loved nothing more. There were five lovely little sea princesses. But the youngest was everyone's favourite, for she had a heart that loved everyone fiercely. Like her sisters and her fellow sea people, she did not have feet or legs but instead, she had a fishtail. She was a mermaid. The princesses would play in the palace and swim in and out of the windows and pass the flowers that grew on the walls. Fish would swim into the palace through an open window, just as pets do. They would go right up to the princesses and eat treats from their hands and be petted. Outside the palace was a great garden, where blue and red trees grew fruit that glittered and blossoms that were as red and orange as flames. It was only on the calmest of days that they would be able to see just a hint of the sun, with its rays reaching down to the very tip of the spire on top of the palace. Each little princess had her own small garden, 
where she could plant whatever she liked. They each grew different fruits and flowers and vegetables. One princess made her garden in the shape of a whale, and another in the shape of a little mermaid, just like herself. But the youngest of them made hers round like the sun, and there she only grew flowers that were red, yellow, and orange. She was an unusual princess, quiet and thoughtful. And while her sisters decorated their gardens with knickknacks or objects they found inside shipwrecks, she placed only one marble statue in hers—a statue of a human. Besides the statue and the flowers, there was one weeping willow which thrived. The princess was only ever interested in learning about the world of human beings above them. She would ask her grandmother every day to tell her stories of ships and cities of people and animals and of love and friendship. She found it most curious that on land, flowers were fragrant. At the bottom of the sea, although just as beautiful, the flowers had no scent. Her grandmother also described the green forests and the birds that flew above the trees. She told the little mermaid that they were fish, for the princess had never seen a bird, so she could not imagine what they would be like. Her grandmother said, "When you are of age, you too will be allowed to swim to the surface and sit on the rocks under the light of the moon. You will see the great ships sail by, and you will see the woods and the towns too." The princess was sad to hear this, for it meant she had five more long years to wait before she could go up to the surface. Every night she would sit by her open window, and stare up into the dark blue water, hoping to catch a glimpse of the moon. All the princesses had made a pact that when each one went up, she would come back down and tell her sisters. All about what she had seen. The next year, one of her sisters came of age, and so up she went. And when she returned, she told her sisters everything, especially her favorite thing. It was just as it has been told to us, sisters. As you sit on the sandbar in the moonlight when the sea is calm, you can see the city on the shore. The lights twinkle like hundreds of little stars, and the sound carries over the water. I could hear music playing, the carriages as they passed, and the ringing of bells. Oh, how lovely it was! The youngest listened most intently, and whenever she was at her window from then on, she thought of a great city with lights twinkling in the moonlight. And laughter all around. The following year, her second sister was given permission to rise to the surface. She went up just as the sun set, and when she returned, she said, "I have seen the most marvelous thing: clouds." The following year, her second sister was given permission to rise to the surface. She went up. Just as the sun set.
and when she returned, she said, I have seen the most marvellous thing. Clouds, as Grandma says they're called. I cannot put into words how beautiful they are. And yet another year passed, and it was the third sister's time to see the world above. She was the bravest of them all, and she swam all the way to a river which flowed into the ocean. She saw the glorious green forests and hills covered in flowers. She saw great palaces through the trees. She could hear the birds singing, and the sun was shining so brightly that she had to dive back into the water just to cool her face. In a small cove, she came upon a few children wading in the water. They were playing, and she too wanted to play. Might I join your game? she asked. But the children took fright and ran out of the water. Then along came a big dog. The princess had never seen a dog before, and when it barked at her, she dove back into the water and straight into the open sea. The fourth sister was not as brave. She stayed as far out among the rough waves as possible. But she told her sisters it was a most glorious place. You could see all around for miles and miles. You could even see up into the heavens. The ships were so far away, they looked like seagulls. And the dolphins jumped in and out of the water among the whales who spouted water. It was as if fountains were all around me, she exclaimed. The sisters were delighted to have seen the world above. But once they had seen it, they no longer cared to go to the surface. They were quite happy where they were. On rare occasions, the sisters would swim to the surface together, linked arm in arm, and they would sing, for they had voices more beautiful than any other creature in the world. On these evenings, the youngest sister would stay behind at home, all alone, watching them swim away. How I wish it were my turn! she would say. I know I shall love the world more than they and all of the people who live in it. And soon enough, her birthday came. Now, dear child, I shall have you off my hands, said her grandmother. Let me give you a crown like I gave your sisters. She placed a wreath of white water lilies atop the princess's head. Goodbye, the little mermaid said to her sisters and her grandmother. And she swam up faster than any of them had through the water and up to the surface. The sun was just setting when she arrived, and when her head first popped out of the water, she could see just enough of the world as it shimmered under the setting sun. A great ship with three sails was not far away. It did not move, for there was not a whisper of a breeze. The sailors were making merry. The music and singing travelled across the water. At sunset, there were hundreds of brightly coloured lanterns swinging about in mid-air, lighting the ship, which looked almost more beautiful in the evening than in the day. The little mermaid swam up to the window of the main cabin, and each time a swell rose, she was carried high enough so she could peer in through the glass window. She could see the crowd of beautifully and brilliantly dressed people within. The most handsome of them all was a young prince 
with big dark eyes and silky brown hair. He could not have been much older than the little mermaid herself. It was his birthday too, and the people were celebrating. On the deck, the sailors danced, and when the prince appeared among them, one hundred fireworks flew into the air and burst, lighting up the night sky. The sound of it startled the little mermaid, and she ducked underwater, but soon peeked up again and watched the rest of the show. It was as if all the stars in the sky were falling around her. Never had she seen anything like it. It was so brilliantly bright that she could see every little detail on the ship, down to the smallest thread on the ropes. Oh, how handsome the young prince is! She thought. The little mermaid watched as he smiled and danced and shook people's hands as the music played on this perfect evening. It was growing late. But the little mermaid could not take her eyes off the ship and the handsome prince. The lanterns were soon put out, and the ship grew quiet. But there was something brewing. A rumble began deep down in the sea. An angry wind swirled. Now the ship began to rock back and forth as the waves grew bigger. And bigger, clouds gathered, and lightning flashed in the distance. They were in for a terrible storm. The sailors made haste to prepare the ship. The vessel pitched and rolled as it moved through the angry sea. The waves were now as big as mountains. The ship creaked, and the timbers gave way under the heavy blows of the waves. And finally, the ship broke. The mainmast snapped in two like a twig. The ship keeled over, and water burst into the cabin. The little mermaid swam and looked for the prince, but could not find him. But she did not give up, and at last she saw him. He was sinking down, down, down into the ocean. The little mermaid knew that humans could not live under water. And she swam through the wreckage of the ship, putting herself at risk, until she reached the young prince. After the long night, when the sun finally rose, not a trace of the ship was left. The little mermaid swam the young prince to shore. She swam him all the way up onto the beach. Orange and lemon trees grew not far away. And tall palm trees were lined beside a church that stood nearby, and to the side was a lovely little town. The little mermaid stayed beside the prince, and kissed his forehead over and over, praying that he might wake. He stirred, and opened his eyes. For a split second, he looked into the little mermaid's eyes. And then, fell back to sleep. The bells from the church began to ring, and a group of young ladies came out into the garden beside the lemon trees. The little mermaid quickly swam away, and hid behind a group of tall rocks that stuck out of the water. 
She was careful not to be seen. One of the young ladies saw the prince. She called her friends over to see what she had found. The prince finally came too, and everyone around him smiled, including the little mermaid. He looked around, almost as if he were looking for her, but she was out of sight. The ladies helped the prince onto his feet, and he walked into town. When they were gone, the little mermaid swam home to her father's palace. After her visit to the surface, she would not tell her sisters a thing, and she grew quiet and thoughtful. On many occasions, she would visit the spot where she left the prince. Soon, winter came, and she saw snowfall on the high mountain behind the town, but she never saw the prince. After months of this, she grew so forlorn that she could not hold it in any longer, and she told one of her sisters her secret. Of course, right away, all of her other sisters heard about what had happened. Even some of their friends now knew. And it so happened that one of them knew who the prince was. For she too had seen him celebrating his birthday on the ship that fateful night. She had also seen him once before this. I know where his kingdom is, she told the little mermaid. Let us go, cried her sisters. And arm in arm, they went to the surface to where the prince's castle stood. It was a stunning sight. A golden dome, walls of marble all shining in the sunlight. And there he was, riding on his horse of silver grey, through the streets. The prince stopped and spoke to everyone he passed. What a kind heart he had. Now that she knew where the prince lived, the little mermaid visited him every day. She watched him sail on his boat, walk the streets and ride his horse into the fields. Every time she went to the surface, she found she liked human beings more and more. And it wasn't long before she longed to live among them. Their world seemed so much bigger than her own. The mountains, the forests, the ships gliding across the water. She asked her grandmother, I should give anything if it meant I could be human for just one day. You must never say that, darling girl. We are much more happy here than they are up there. Is there no way for me to walk among humans? There is not. Not unless a human loved you so much with every fibre of their being, with all their heart, so that you should be bound to one another for the rest of eternity. But this can never come to pass. For you have a fishtail, and although here it is the most beautiful thing to possess, on land it is not considered so. Humans have such poor taste. <laughs> they find beauty in those props they walk on, what they call legs. The little mermaid was very sad at this. She looked at her fishtail and wished it away. Come now, granddaughter, be merry, for there is plenty of beauty here. We are holding a ball tonight. 
let us greet our guests. Fish from near and far were beginning to arrive, as well as mermaids and mermen. Some the little mermaid knew, others she did not. Her father, the king, had asked her to sing, and so sing she must. She had the loveliest voice on land or sea, far and wide. They applauded her, and for a moment it warmed her heart. But it mattered little, for all she could think of was the land above and the prince. When she had finished, she swam away to the quiet of her own little garden. A shadow passed over her. That must be his ship sailing, she thought. My true love, the prince, the one I love more than all else. I feel I would do anything for us to share our love with one another for all eternity and walk among him and his fellow humans. To the witch I shall go to the one I have always been so afraid of. But it is her and only her who can help me. And so, the little mermaid swam to the witch's dwelling. And that's the end of part one. Don't forget to listen again next week for part two. it's time to take a deep breath, close our eyes, so that we may drift off into a world of our own adventure. Good night, children. <laughs>